the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. One of the things that I wish I had was more of a roadmap when I was younger. The goal is to save enough money for retirement. The goal is to get market performance in good years. The goal is not to lose more than the market in bad years. I think one of the things I we all should aim for is cutting down on our mistakes. I have not sold a stock in over 10 plus years. It may be 15. I would have to check that. The only thing that I have sold are um, a little bit of Apple to buy a home. Um, I have a large concentrated position. So I, I've cut down on my mistakes, I think is fair to say. I've making stock picking a lot wiser through the years. I don't think I've ever had that many losers um, where I was like constantly doing um, harvesting losses. But let's go through some ideas of what to do in your 20s, because that's the whole point of, of what I brought up here in this segment is um, I wish I had more of a roadmap. I'm going to give you the roadmap as easy as I could make it. First and foremost, in, let's start with your 20s, because I think that's the area of time where you should start. You should really start saving for retirement and saving for your nest egg at, at 12. Uh, maybe if things get really bad in the world economy, yes. But at this point in time, I'm going to still say enjoy your youth. But come out of college or come out of high school thinking, you know, I got to start having a plan. Changes the way of life in your 20s. You're moving away from your parents. Um, maybe you're moving into a career. You're likely paying your own bills for the first time. You're getting your own place. Maybe you're falling in love. You're starting to think about marriage and a family. Um, first things in first, you know, go the moment you graduate college, sometime around that point, okay, or the moment you stop, stop your education, start thinking about where you want to go in life. Plan. Plan ahead is number one. You need to have goals and a plan to reach them. Um. A lot of financial planning issues kind of lap over each other, don't they? Plan, budget, things like that, right? So think short term. Think of what the next five years or less are going to be. Think medium term, five to 10 years. Think long term, 20 plus years. I keep pads of paper um, for this show and for my life and for getting things done in my, for my family. I'm not forgetful. It's just writing it down makes it true. In my belief, um, when I had a crush at age 10, I carved her initials and my initials into a tree. I never had the courage to show her, but in my heart, it was like, at least I kind of got it off my chest, you know, it's a moral victory for me. So once you write things down, you get your eyes open. Once you have your eyes open, you realize there's a steering wheel in front of you and it's good to have your eyes open because you're suddenly driving towards your goals. Budgeting is a great way to do this. It allows you to see where your money is going so you can make the necessary adjustments to use um, what you got to get to where you need to go. 
setting up a budget and planning are critical. That's number one. Number two, in your 20s, live within your means. Can't afford something? Don't buy it. That's simple. Um, but to many people, they have a heck of a time with that. They borrow too much instead of borrowing sparingly. I only go for those things that have lasting value, such as a home or education. Learn to keep spending, you know, um, within check when you're young and you'll save thousands of dollars more. Now, again, we all make mistakes and that's the good part of listening to me is I build in a couple mistakes here and there. My mistakes within living in with my means is I wanted to get married. I thought, you know, I thought that was like what you do in your 20s. And I wanted women to love me because I, I, I was a soccer player and I was good. I was very good, but chicks didn't really like soccer players. Uh, they liked the football players, or at least in my head, right? That's probably crazy wrong. And I probably had the best woman in, my, in the world right in front of me. But I spent money on vacations that were too extravagant. Miami Beach, front row of a concert, uh, Art Deco Hotel. That's not something you do in your 20s. In your 20s, you get a Motel 6. In your 20s, you're like, let's stay home on a Friday night and draw each other with, over a bottle of wine. You don't go to Broadway, you know? You don't go to the big time, the big shoe. So live within your means is number two. Number three is make savings a habit. Um, it's a tough thing to do to say this bank account is for bills and this savings account is for investing. You should have two accounts, at least in my mind, one for your paycheck to go into and one for your retirement, 15%, 10%, 5%, whatever you could afford. And if you want a third account, that could be maybe for your down payment on your home. But you have to make savings a habit. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. If you just put it in one bank account, you're going to be like, well, looks like I went through all my money. Guess I don't save this month and I guess I don't save for a save for retirement or a home. Um, I range with my bank, and this is what you had to do 25, 30, 35, 30 to 35 years ago. You had to go to the bank and say, hey, I want some of my save, my savings account to go into an investment with mutual funds at Robertson Stevens. They were technology and mutual funds at 18. I knew that was the thing to do. So I made saving a habit, but you had to go into the bank and sign paperwork for them to automatically deduct it and invest and send it off to, in this case, San Francisco and Robertson Stevens. Um, I did that with my car. I did that with anything that I had to, I could set up an automatic payment for. There was no online. Dun, dun, dun. For me, my first savings account was an emergency fund. Once I got enough cash on hand to cover at least three months of expenses in case the unexpected job loss or medical emergency or car repairs, I was never in a situation where I needed money to pay my bills. I needed to dip into savings. I always had an emergency fund. On top of that, like I said, I had an investment account. $166 a month went from my bank account straight to my investments. So that was $2,000 a year. That was my independent, uh, my individual retirement account, my IRA. We didn't have Roth IRAs back then. Um, so when I did my taxes, I got to deduct that $2,000 that I put into my retirement account, which is kind of cool. So I made savings a habit, okay? So so far, three things in your 20s. Plan. 5, 10, 15 years, live within your means, make saving a habit, automate it if you can. 
four was pay off my credit cards. I came out of college with some credit card debt in my 20s. Shamed of it. Um, in your 20s, it's now is the time to get rid of that albatross. Set a goal to pay off all credit card debt before you turn the 30. Hopefully sooner than that. Have responsibilities. Um, a $2,000 balance at 18% would take you nearly 10 years to pay off if you did the minimum 4% payment. It would cost you an extra $1,100. So $2,000 would cost you $1,100, over 50% in interest. To pay it off in two years, you need only $100 per month to be rid of that debt. Then commit to use your credit card only for expenses you can afford to pay off each month. That's right. You can find me online at Rob Black's show. I'm going over the 10 financial commandments in your 20s. That'll help you get to your 30s financially fit. We'll also um, keep this list going. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I do like slowing things down and throwing down some generic concepts, theories, hints, tips, tricks. That's what today is all about. 10 financial commandments for your 20s. It'll help you into your 30s, financially speaking. We've gone over four, plan ahead, right? A five, 10, and 15-year, five or less, five to 10-year plan and a 20-plus-year plan. Goals, ideas, things you want to spend money on, where you want to be in life. Uh, live within your means, uh, borrow sparingly in your 20s, make save it a habit, auto link your bank accounts to things like investing, paying off your bills, um, get an emergency fund going first. Then second, you want to you know start thinking about maybe a house fund, uh, maybe emergency fund first, uh, savings, retirement account three. Let's just do three right now. Emergency fund, retirement account, and maybe a house account, a down payment for a house. Those are your three things that you could start automating savings into. I don't care if you do it one third, one third, one third. I don't care if you do it. Knock off one of them at a time. I think those are all. No. Once you knock off the emergency fund, you definitely want to work on the retirement account and housing kind of in tandem. Okay, let's just jump to number five. It's start investing. The sooner you start investing for retirement, the less painful it's going to be to make you accumulate it. Let's say. A person starts socking away $200 a month at age 25 in an account earning 8%, which is the S&P 500 norm, roughly. By the time he turns 65, he'll have $703,000. So $200 a month at age 25, 8%, he'll have $703,000 40 years later. But if you wait until you turn 30 to start saving, you'll end up with only 462000 In other words... That five-year delay, 25 to 30, it crushes you. You end up with only 462000 which is $238,241,000 less. A five-year delay could cost you almost a quarter of a million dollars. Today, a Roth IRA is a good place to start because... Earnings on your investments will be tax-free later in life when we all expect taxes to go higher. A 401k is a great place, a 401k, a 403b, or a 457. They're all very similar. They're all great things to knock on your employer's door, go to HR, and say, hey, do you offer these? In your 20s, you don't know. In your 20s, you want to establish credit. That's rule number six or commandment number six. Let there be 11 commandments, Uh, 10 commandments. 
Uh, that one just fell and broke. Established credit didn't make the official Ten Commandments list, but it does in the world of financial commandments. In order to qualify for the best interest rates on a credit card, an auto loan, a mortgage, you need to have a solid credit history. In fact, a good history can save you a bundle on your auto insurance. It can help you land an apartment or a job. Building good credit history in your 20s will ensure it's ready when you need it to use it later in life. Pay all your bills on time. Automate them. I've never, well, I'm going to be honest. I missed payments in my early 20s. Sometimes I rope the check, put it in the mail, put a stamp on it, and left it on my kitchen table. And I missed the date. So my credit was, eh, it needed fixing. I got to a point in college where I had too much credit card debt and I didn't have enough income coming in. And I was bad. I'm ashamed about that. And it, it, it was not good. But also, like in my 20s, when I started dating people, good example is the lovely and talented Juliet. Um, this was a weird time because it was right around when HIV and AIDS were becoming a thing, this mysterious killer that could be transmitted sexually. So me and Juliet, you know, before we um, went there with our relationship, we got tested. And I showed her my results and she showed me hers. And then I said, let's look at each other's credit report. And she showed me hers and I showed her mine. And that's before we got to the bedroom, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I bring that up in large part. You should have no shame sharing this kind of information with a loved one. You should have no shame if it's bad. A credit report will show you where you've worked. It'll show you where you've lived. Um, kind of gives you a little checkup on the person's story if what as well, if you know what I'm saying. Also, like if I had found out Juliet was had like blown off like seven credit cards and been bankrupt, I, I might have gone, she might not make the greatest mother. You see what I'm saying? Or she might have said that about me for sure. I didn't really, really grow up on an emotional side with women until my 30s. Um, I regret that. Um, I just, I think some men have to play catch up. I was overly focused on developing my work intelligence and not my emotional intelligence. Um, number six is established credit. Number seven commandments is have a marketable skill. If you find yourself getting out of college or finishing your education and you're making minimum wage, you don't have a marketable skill. You need to work on your education or your job skills in your 20s. That's the time to invest the time, maybe the money to get those skills, whether it's college. Um, I would have no shame if my kids were to come to me and say, I want to be a firefighter. I'd say, well, get in shape, because if you're going to go into a house that's on fire, I want you to live. And the best way to do that is be strong and fast. That's the marketable skill for a firefighter, right? For a map maker, you need GIS technology. For someone who wants to be a graphic designer, go get Adobe Illustrator and start learning. Have a marketable skill for what you want to do for work. It's also a good idea to start building and maintaining a network. It's one of my biggest regrets in my 20s. When I went to college, I went to college for two things, an education and to find love. Not to make a, a network. I should know more people from college than I do. In your 20s, you want to cut the financial umbilical cord from mom and dad. Um, prepare your own taxes. Balance your own checkbook. Manage your investments. Please come to me if you need help managing your investments. I'll work for beer or for lunch. I can help you make some of these decisions. Again, as a second opinion, not as a professional. 
I don't know you. I'm not going to get to know you terribly, terribly well. But I recently saw a doctor who had probably 40, 40 plus investments. Too many. I was like, you should be focusing on your 15 year old kid. You shouldn't be focusing on, uh, you know, you can't possibly handle 40. I probably have 15 total investments of which I'm going to go over my investments in a show coming up soon. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Need a referral to a financial planner? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Lots of videos at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm going over the 10 financial commandments, if you will, to do in your 20s of what I did in my 20s. I hope to start a podcast soon, or maybe it's already up, depending on when you're listening to this show, of the fantastical, wonderful, miraculous financial journey of Rob Black, where I'm going to go through Rob Black from age 10 to in his 50s and show you how he made my money and things I did right and things I did wrong. This is part of it. The 10 financial commandments in your 20s, you're young, you're able, you're fit. Uh, You have your full life ahead of you, your whole career ahead of you. You work from age 20 to 60 to support yourself from age 60 to 100. Social Security is not a retirement plan. It is a supplement at best. It is not a fool. This is going to cover all the nuts and bolts in your life. First commandment was make a plan. Think about the next five years or less. Think about the medium, five to 10 years. Think about the long, 20 plus years. Start writing down some of these goals so you're wide, wide open. Live within your means. Uh, Number two, make savings a habit. Pay off your credit cards. Credit cards are a great tool for points. They are a horrible thing to carry month-to-month balances on. I have a friend who he tells me he's got credit card balances. I'm like, are you an idiot? And I I feel like I want to loan him $10,000 to pay them off. If he'll pay me 10% versus paying 18 to 25% to the credit card companies. Keep in mind, I think Visa and MasterCard are great investments because they don't lend the money. The bank lends the money. They just do the credit processing, uh, the swipes. So start investing is a big one. The difference in five years, if you just save a normal $200 a month for 40 years, is a quarter of a million dollars. Starting between 25, you end up with 703,000. If you wait till 30, you end up with 462,000. You want to establish credit. Um, You want to pay your bills on time. Um, I have no problem having a credit card. I just pay it off every month. Very, very important. Marketable skills, great. Um, I end it with cutting the financial umbilical cord with your parents. Um, I think this is an important one, but yet I still think moms or dads, whoever the financial genius is in the family, should pull the kids aside and help them, teach them, give them some love, so to speak. The desire for parents to help their kids is nothing new. Um, with my kids, they will get a secure credit card when they turn 16. The idea there is, okay, um, it's a $1,000 credit card or a $500 credit card. Go use credit in your name. Daddy's going to give you the emergency money in case you can't pay your bill on time. Learn to pay your bill on time. Um, and if you don't, it won't ruin your credit. You'll actually still have good credit because daddy's covering it with the security. Those cards exist, and I would call them credit cards on training wheels. I think they're wonderful. Um, great way for a young person to start learning. Um, Lord knows when I got my first credit card in college, uh, 
believe you looked back at my history of things that I bought. It was pizza, 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 books, pizza, 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 snacks, pizza, snacks, beer. Whoops, I wasn't buying beer because I was underage. You know what I'm saying, though. So cut the financially umbilical cord. Parents, help your kids with it. There's things you can do. Um, secure your credit cards. Put your name on the credit card. Put $1,000 in the account. Not going to kill you. Um, and then say, you know, tell your kid, like, since I'm on, since I'm doing this credit card with you, I want to see your statements. And if they say no, then say, oh, okay, I can't help you. Um, again, I'm not going to tell you how to parent. You tell you how to parent. Next up is marry wisely in your 20s. I know so many people that had to start a marriage in their 20s. One of my old radio producers, um, she kind of married a jarhead, a Marine. And there's nothing wrong with Marines. I love Marines. I love Air Force. I'm, I grew up in a military family. But in this case, he was kind of the uneducated guy who joined the military. And she wanted to be loved. And he wanted to give love. And the two of them married. And they had nothing in common. So that lasted under a year and a half. She did not marry wisely. Fortunately, they didn't have a lot of financial assets to fight over. It was a fast marriage. Um, I had a fast marriage in my 30s. A starter marriage, if you will. And that's embarrassing because I, I dreamt of you know having a perfect marriage as a child. And one woman and one woman only. I made a huge mistake. Like I said earlier, I wasn't emotionally as smart as I thought I was, but that's my thirties and this is about your twenties. So let's keep it on that. Um, I equated love with happiness and having someone love you versus loving yourself. I'm not going to, I've done some therapy. Let's just say that. Um, marry wisely. Um, I think in savers should marry savers, uh, investors should marry investors. I think people who are spenders should marry spenders, or at least know what your spouse is. Money can drive a wedge between the strongest of couples. You could have the best uh, personal connection. You can have the best intimate connection. You can have the best friendship connection. But if you're a spender and she's a saver, it could destroy the whole relationship. Avoid keeping money secrets. Um, I have a thing with my children that I will always be honest with them with any question that they ask. And they've said things. Have you ever been arrested? Um, I'm like arrested. Yes. Have you ever been to prison? I'm like, no, I said, but you didn't ask if I've been to jail. Cause there's a difference between prison and jail. So let me teach you how to ask questions properly. And, um, yeah. So and you should ask you, what did I go to jail for? A little drinking and driving, um, overnight. Uh, I didn't get convicted of anything. But overnight, I spent six or seven hours in a drunk tank once. Um, I tell my kids that. I tell my kids that I had some great relationships that failed. Some of them it was my fault. Some of it was timing. Some of it was I wanted to move to California, and she didn't. So I moved to California, and she didn't. And then six months later, she shows up in California. I was like, I've already moved on. And it was painful. And it sucked because she wasn't completely honest with me. And I don't think I was completely honest with her. So I've learned to always be honest about everything. When my kids ask me how much I make, I tell them my kids say, how did the stock market do today? I'm like, well, it did well for other people, but my stocks underperformed and I kind of teach them things. I, again, I will always be honest to a fault. Um, my, you know, I know people who their spouses have a lot of secrets. I know Chad tells a story with CFP Chad Bird, and he tells this great story about a couple that 
they hit retirement. They're going through retirement. And the husband finally finds out that she's got a spending habit on credit cards where she like, it's not like quite buying like fur coats, but it's like crazy expensive things that he didn't know about. And I'm like, how did she bring home stuff that she didn't know? And I, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. I mean, some people have gambling problems. Some people have alcohol problems. If you were to, you know, hire an auditor to go through my credit cards, you'd say, oh, let's see what your problems are, Mr. Black. Um, divorce is costly. It can derail the best laid financial plan. So marry wisely. Um, I'm not going to say get to know the divorce laws in your state, but talk to your friends who have been divorced and find out like what they went through. In your 20s, the final commandment that I have is have some fun. Uh, personal finance doesn't have to be boring. Later in life, you're going to have, you know, cranky kids in tow. You're not going to have as much fun. You're going to be worrying about their private schooling. You're going to be worrying about their soccer teams. In your 20s, if you can, sometimes after college or in college, do a semester abroad. Go see Europe. I'm too afraid of of Asia. I don't speak any Chinese, any Japanese, even though I was born in Japan. I know, little secret about Rob. I was born on Mashinananaha, is the uh, city, on an island named Okinawa. So uh, take a class in your 20s just for fun. Uh, take advantage of cheap travel options where you can stay in youth hostels. I did. Um, I did a lot of camping in my 20s. In my 30s and 40s, I was like, screw camping. I want a five-star hotel. Um, I did a lot of off-season traveling. So I wasn't hitting Hawaii when everyone else was hitting Hawaii. Um, build some memories. Meet new people. Try new things. Um, but please don't go to in debt in your 20s to do those things. Save up for an emergency. Save up for... An emergency fund, uh, save up for a housing fund and save up for, you know, retirement. An IRA, a 401k, a 403b, a 457. You have time in your 20s. When you get to your 30s, you're going to start losing time. And you're, you're going to have to work till the day you die if you don't have, I think you should have between ten dollars and $40,000 saved for retirement by the time you hit 30. Again, the ultimate goal is to have 10 to 20 times your salary by the time you retire. Um, a couple more things I could say about your twenties, uh, and this is kind of fun in my mind is maybe start a side business. Side hustles provide more than just money. I know people who work for Uber or Lyft after they get off work, uh, if just for a couple hours, they do grocery delivery. They do one grocery delivery for Instacart in their own neighborhood. They pick up their own groceries and pick up someone else's groceries, do the delivery, make an extra 30 bucks. One. Um, another thing you do in your 20s is learn how to negotiate. Learn how to negotiate a higher salary with your bosses. Ask them what goals you need to do or achieve. Learn how to negotiate with people who come to fix your home or fix your ovens or whatever breaks down in your life. Learn how to watch YouTube videos so you can fix those things yourself. Um, I'm okay with so many things that you do in your 20s. That was just a list of 10 commandments. I don't think it has to be followed through on a day-by-day basis, but if you have some fun, you marry wisely, you cut the financial umbilical cord, you have a marketable skill, you establish credit, you start investing early, 
You pay off your credit cards in your 20s. You make savings a habit and you automate it. It, You live within your means and you plan ahead. I think you're really set up for your 30s. Ten. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Lots of free videos and downloads there. robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Today's episode has been focusing a lot on what to do in your 20s. Look for one on what to do in your 20s, 30s, as far as commandments go. To wrap up, I've already gone through the 10 commandments, so I want to go into something kind of silly, but also kind of smart. Benjamin Franklin. Um, he talked a lot about money 228 years ago, roughly, right? There's one of my favorite biographies, Walter Isaacson, called Franklin the most accomplished American of his age. Walter Isaacson, who did the Jobs book and did the Musk book. He also did the Franklin book. Um, Franklin kept busy. In addition to his terms as the first postmaster general of the United States, minister to France, minister to Sweden, um, the president of Pennsylvania, Franklin was a prolific thinker. He wrote a lot. Poor Richard's Almanac sold 10,000 copies a year, which would be equivalent to selling 3 million copies a year today. He's on the $100 bill. So some of the things that he wrote down and said, let's talk about them. Remember, he said, that credit is money. It's easy to forget that borrowed money is still money. Just because you aren't paying now, don't forget that everything you spend will need to be paid back with interest. And if you don't know the basics of using credit, now's the best time to learn. If the interest rate's higher than 3% and you get a 3% raise and your interest rate's 5% or 6%, you're not doing too great. And if the interest rate's 18 to 20%, you're doing horrible. Another thing that he said, I'd rather go to bed without dinner than to rise in debt. I like that because it's all the sunshine rise kind of thing. But he's also saying, don't let your debt grow. I'm not a big proponent of going hungry. Franklin's really trying to say that if he can't afford something, sometimes it's better to go without. I totally agree with it. I never got a Lamborghini. I never got a sports car. Um, I'm not big enough cars. Yes, I have way too nice of a house now. Um, in large part, uh, I don't know. Uh, is it worth the money? No. But I can afford it. And hopefully it turns out to be a good investment or holds its investment. It's in a good neighborhood. We'll leave it at that with lots and lots of trails that help keep me skinny and healthy and close to a school that my kid can walk to, which is awesome. Um, in high school, if you can walk to your school, you're doing pretty good. Um, so Franklin wasn't talking about passing expenses and small expenses. He was talking about big things that you don't need cars and like the high-end washing machine. You know, you get the idea. He also said our necessities never equal our wants. It can be hard to tell the difference, but it's crucial to learn what you really need and what you only want. And don't feel bad about addressing your wants. That's part of life. Just make sure your needs are taken care of first. Benjamin Franklin's quotes... Who is rich? He that rejoices in his portion. It's okay to want more from life, he says. But that shouldn't stop you from appreciating what you already have. 
that can be easier said than done. It's a crucial piece of finding your happiness. Um, I battle with happiness. I'm not depressed, but I battle with finding reasons to be happy. And um, I have a lot. I have a lot to be thankful for, including you, a lovely audience. Um, another quote that he has is, he that waits upon fortune is never sure of a dinner. And he goes, there's nothing wrong with having big dreams, but hard work is a better bet when it comes to time to pay your bills. Try to balance the two. Money never made a man happy yet, nor will it. I don't think I really need to explain what he means by that, do I? There's nothing in its nature to produce happiness. The more a man has, the more he wants. Instead of filling it in a vacuum, it makes one if it satisfies one want, it doubles and trebles the want another way. There's no denying that money makes things easier, but money for money's sake is a road with no end. Saving, cheating, creating, building to serve a good of money is silly over time. It just has constant dissatisfaction. You should have a goal and you should celebrate it. When CFP Chad and my started a company, we were like, let's celebrate, you know, big round numbers. And we, we did. Um, and then it got to a point where I'm like, you know, I don't need to work anymore for a living. So let's me take my foot off the gas and not celebrate the big round numbers. But let me start educating people in a different way. Let me start um, offering free reviews. Let me start helping more people. And I did. Now, Benjamin Franklin also said a penny saved is a penny earned. Franklin's most famous personal financial quote isn't actually quite accurate. Mathematically or logically, quantitatively, when you consider that most people calculate their earnings prior taxes, a penny saved is actually worth more than a penny because taxes reduce your actual take home. So if you earn $10 an hour, you'll likely only see $750. But if you see a $10 bill on the ground, it's, well, it's $10. And it's actually more than one hour's worth of your take home wages. I'm embarrassed to say this, but if I see a penny, a nickel, a dime, a quarter on the ground, I pick it up. Benjamin Franklin also said, an investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. Um, the best part about my job now, um, broadcasting, podcasting, being in front of you, the audience of the retail investor, I'm trying to convince some of you to become candidates, uh, work with CFP, certified financial planners, because once you have wealth, I think the fee that you pay a financial planner is well worth it. Um, I get estate planning. I get my taxes done free. I get tax efficiencies done free. Um, you pay for the investment management for sure, but you get a lot of services involved with that. Um, so even though I'm in front of the retail investor, I'm also in front of people that are wealthy that probably could benefit from a CFP. If you want to talk about what a CFP does, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Benjamin Franklin also said, having been poor is no shame. Being ashamed of it is. I came from a military family. 30. My father was in the military. So we were middle class, lower middle class when he was younger. We were middle class as he got more raises. Franklin was a self-made man who believed that success was derived from hard work, diligence, and study. His own beginnings were of a humble nature. He regressed through entrepreneurship and lifelong learning. He never shied away from being honest about who he was or where he came from. If you can remember where you came from with debt and poverty, it can motivate you to be frugal. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Need a referral? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. 
That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.